What an awesome God we serve, Father. We are just in awe of your goodness, your faithfulness towards us. Lord, we've come today. You've called us here today, Lord, because you desire to do something in us, to us, and through us. So, Father, as we open ourselves up to hear the word of God. For what you said it would never return void, so I'm going to receive it today. And I'm going to be sure to give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is going to be part two. I don't usually do this, but when something runs over, uh, last week uh, we... Uh, Dressing for the occasion. Amen. Is everybody, we want to dress up for the Lord. And I was reminded as I'm, I'm coming this morning about blind Bartimaeus in the New Testament. Blind Bartimaeus had uh, all of his life had wore a beggar's uniform. He had been on the highways where he just hoped someone would throw money into his beggar uniform. Uh, he would sit on the side of the road and he had a kind of a robe on and a People would throw money into the pleats of his, of his robe. And uh, he had done this all of his life. But then one day he heard a commotion and he asked what, what it was. And someone said, well, it's Jesus walking by. And so he hollered at Jesus. Has anybody ever hollered at Jesus before? And uh, the disciples, the church said, shut up. Don't bother the master. He's talking to us and he has a purpose. Well, it said blind Barnabas hollered louder. Has anybody ever hollered louder? You know, I used to think, well, you know, God's not hard of hearing, so he hears you the first time, but there's something about the second shout. Come on now. There's something about the second shout. The second shout got to Jesus' ear, and Jesus stopped what he was doing. And he, and he called, he said, go call him, go get him. And so the people that were telling him to shut up, they went and got him, and they brought him over to him, and Jesus said, what do you want? He said, I want my sight. But before he did that, as soon as Jesus said, go and get him, he changed clothes. His thinking was, I'm not going to be dressed like this anymore. And he said he tore off his beggarly garment. Hallelujah. See, when we get born again, folks, we tear off that old garment. Oh, Jesus, I'm excited about that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Turning your Bibles with us this morning, I want to continue this, talking about this, Matthew 22. Hallelujah. We're going to be dressed for the occasion. Amen? Amen. Dressing for the occasion. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew 22, 1 through 14, I'm just going to kind of tell you what this is all about. There was a certain king, and he had a son, and he was going to have a wedding feast for his son. Now, folks, this was, big, this was a big deal. For a father, for a king to give his son a, a wedding feast, it wasn't just an afternoon affair. It went on for a long time. And so there were two invitations. And so the first invitation went out to all of his friends, uh, neighbors, and colleagues, and co-workers. And he sent them an invitation. He said, hey, we're going to have a wedding feast for my son, and, and you're the ones that are invited. If you got an invitation, you can come to this feast. And so uh, it didn't give a date or anything. That was the purpose of the second invitation. And so later on, when the wedding feast was ready, when the fatted calf had been slaughtered, when preparations had been made, it's now time for the wedding. So he sends his servants out with the other invitation to the ones that already had the invitation. He said, the wedding feast is ready. Come on in. 
And so the people that got the invitations, they said, well, I'm too busy. Uh, I, I got to go home and do this. I got to take care of my wife. I got to take care of my cows. Because really, they didn't like the king. And so the second time the invitation went out, they even killed the messengers that took the invitation out. Well, it made the king upset, so he burned all their cities. Amen. And the, and the king said, we're going to have a party. Well, there's no one to come. And so he makes this statement. He said, I want you to go out into the highways and the byways, and I want you to invite the good and the bad. That was me. I don't care who it is. I don't have to know them. My son is going to have a feast. So you go out and you get all you can find, good and bad and ugly. I want to, you know, I looked at that and I'm saying, well, well, who are the bad? Well, the bad are the bad. But he didn't care. Now, if you were out in the community and you were bad, uh, and you got an invitation from the king to come to a feast, first thing you're going to say is, I don't have anything to wear. How do you go to a feast? The king has invited us to come. I don't have a thing to wear. Robin, what, you know, what are we going to wear? Steve, we're going to go. What are we going to wear? The, the servant said, don't worry about it because the king is going to clothe you. Amen. The king is going to, don't worry about what you had, but if you accept this invitation and the king is going to clothe you with his righteousness. And so they came. And so they come. They all come. Let me, let me tell you, give you, let you know who the bad are. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The bad are people that are unrighteous that should not even be able to come into the presence of the king. They've never been invited. They are really out. The only people that come to the king are to his, his people. But his people turned down the invitation. His people said, we don't like you. We don't like your rules. And we don't like your son either. We don't want it. We're, we're, we don't want to come. So he said, there's going to be a party and there will be a people that will come. And you and I came. These are a list of the bad. 1 Corinthians 6. Be not deceived, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the feast, the wedding feast that we're talking about. You got that? So it says here, don't be deceived, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then there are 10 things that they list that are considered unrighteous, but to the king it doesn't matter because when they get invited and when they come in, he's going to clothe them with his righteousness. Are you understand what I'm saying? He just said, come. And these are the people that came. Fornicators. Sexual out, uh, activity outside of the, of the precious bedroom of a husband and a wife. The fornicators came. The idolaters came. The ones that were involved in idolatry that worshipped idols and frogs and all that kind of stuff. They came. The adulterers came. People that were married, that were messing around outside their marriage, they came. Effeminates came. 
An effeminate is a man that wants to dress up like a woman. We've got TV programs today elevating that. Men that like to dress up like girls. They came. Abusers of themselves, sodomites, Camonites, homosexuals, they came. Thieves, robbers, those people that were covetous, that were lustful after other things. Drunkards, a couple of guys probably out drunker than a coot. And the servant walked up to him and said, here's an invitation to come. Here's an invitation to come before the king and his son has invited you to come to the palace. And they're drunker than a coot. And he said, let's go. And they came. And they came. Revilers were people that were abusing other people. Extortioners to obtain by violence. He said, go get them. Give them an invitation. And it said they all came. Wow, the king has invited us. And when they came, they, they, they were dressed, they, were, they, they had on their old, they had on their clothes, they, where they came from. And when they got to the door, when they got to the door, there was a servant there, and the servant said, these are the king's clothes. These are robes that the king has worn. And he wants you to put on his clothes. And so the drunkards and the revilers and the, the thieves and the adulterers, they put on the king's clothes. They put on the king's clothes and then they walked into the banquet hall. And all of the bad and all of the good are in this room and they're enjoying the presence of the feast with other people. Amen. And they all have on a coat of righteousness. Amen. The king comes in and he stands on the balcony and he looks out at the crowd, this feast that has come and the people that have come. And he sees all these people dressed in royalty. Except one person. I'm going to use you, Vincent. Go get that man and bring him to me. And he says, why don't you have on a wedding garment? How'd you get in here? And you don't have a wedding garment on. And the Bible says he was speechless. He had no answer. Because he decided, catch this. He decided that his righteousness was better than the righteousness of the king. And the king said, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Let me tell you what that means. Gnashing of teeth. If you look in your Bible, it's mentioned two or three times why, why people would gnash their teeth. If a criminal was caught in a crime and he said, I'm innocent, but people said he's guilty, what they would do is take him to the city wall and there was a place at the city wall where everybody brought their trash and they would throw it over the city wall outside the wall. Are you understanding that? It was the dump. Wild animals, tigers, lions, bears, that's, they would smell it and they would come and eat the junk that was thrown over the wall. And what they would do with someone that was caught in a crime, they would tie his legs together and they would throw him over the wall and hang just above the trash. I'd start grinding my teeth. And what would happen was in the morning, if he's still there and he's not eaten, they figured he was innocent. But if he ain't there, he guilty. Are oh, you understand that? That's where grinding of the teeth came from. I'd be grinding my teeth. I mean, now listen to this. The way this, the way this finishes. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 14. For many are called, but few are chosen. That word chosen means they did not respond in excellence. There's only one way to come to the king, and that's to put on Jesus. Is everybody seeing that? Of course, he's talking to the nation of Israel. He's talking to the, the Jews that uh, they received the invitation. We understand that, uh, that Jesus is the Messiah. And see, they're still waiting for one. They're still waiting for a Messiah. They didn't believe that Jesus would come in on a donkey. He's got to come in on a stallion. He's got to come on a, on a horse and, and, and pomp and, and circumstance. But if they read the, the, the Old Testament, it told them that he would come in riding on a donkey. Amen. So anyway, so when we, when we come to the wedding feast, we didn't choose that, folks. We got an invitation. And we got it when we were drunk. We got it when we were a idolater. We got it when we were living the, a, 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 a sin. Come on now. We were ugly, we were smelly, we were dirty, and we got an invitation. And we were told with this invitation that we're going to be able to be in the king's palace. Amen. Wow. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but thank you, Jesus. I want to, go, I want to read something out of that. I love this scripture. Thieves, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. I love this. I love this. Verse 11. Verse 11. He, this is right after he lists all the people that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. I love this. I love this. I love this. Verse 11. And such were some 
of you. You were a fornicator, idolater, adulterer. You were an effeminate. You were an abuser of yourself. You were a thief. You were covetous. You were a drunkard. You were a reviler. You were an extortioner. You once were. You once were. What, what's that mean? And, why, and you were once one of these. What, what, what's the implication there? No mas. No. Because you've been washed, you've been sanctified, you've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, you accepted the invitation you came and you put on Christ Jesus as your, as you, we're the, now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And such were some of you. Hallelujah. See, I was out there. I was in that congregation. And he said, and, and such were some of you. And he pointed his finger at me. But he said, you've been washed You've been sanctified. Listen to this. You've been justified. That word justified means just as if it never happened. Hallelujah. Well, it did happen. Not when you put on Christ. It's just as if it never happened. But I I don't care if you remember nothing. It's just as if it never happened when we take off the old rags and put on God, put on Christ Jesus, our past is like it never happened. And anytime someone wants to bring it up, take them to the Bible and say it never happened. See, if we, if we get a hold of that, folks, when, when he says we've been washed, we've been sanctified, we've been justified, wow, What's that term? Imposed? What's imposed mean? Forgetting about our crimes? What's that term? Imposed? What? Expunged. Take a sponge and just wipe it all off. Isn't that what it means? Expunged? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. See, I don't think the church has realized this yet. I think we come to church sometimes and we still got that old baggage. I think we still feel bad. Well, if I go to church, maybe I'll feel a little bit better. Golly. Just as if, whatever you're dealing with, whatever uh, the devil is making your past throw at you, when you've asked God for forgiveness, when you've repented, the Bible says it's just as if that sin or that activity never happened. God can't remember what's on the other side of your forgiveness and your repentance. God. God. Here's my old man and I come and I say, Father, forgive me for I have sins. And he said, I forgive you of your sins. You've been washed, sanctified, just as if it never happened. And I go right here and I say, God, do you remember that? And he goes, no. I like the word eradicate. 
Eradicate means to take that weed. Don't just chop it off. Pull it up by the roots. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's us, folks. That's the church. That's the church. And such were some of you, but you've been washed, you've been sanctified, and you've been justified by the blood of the Lamb. When you got that invitation, and every one of us got an invitation. You think you came to church. You didn't come to church. God sent you to church. You didn't choose God. God chose us, and he gave us an invitation, and thank God I accepted it. And when I did, I got clothed in God's righteousness because when God looks down, he sees Jesus. And every one of us, and every one of us, just as if it never happened. Dress for the occasion. God's saying, dress up. Know who you are. That thing that you are wearing is the robe of the king. And he said, you are worthy to wear it. Not based on your past, but based on God's goodness. And we got the invitation. We get the invitation. And we accept it. And we're here this morning. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. You understand that? Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're the head, not the tail above and not beneath. Amen? Don't let your past decide what you can do with your future. Well, because of my past, I can't do this. Well, in Christ, you don't have no past. Does everybody get that? That's why I hate going to class reunions. I had my 60th high school reunion. Now, thank God, it's just a bunch of old folks and we can't even remember what we did. <laughs> but you know, when you, when you go to your fifth and your 10th and your 15th and your 20th reunion, everybody wants to know, Jackie, remember? Remember, remember what we did? Remember where we went? No, I don't remember that. And honestly, now I can say that. <laughs> No, I don't remember that at all. Thank you, Lord. Guys, we serve, a, we serve an awesome God. And uh, he, he wants to fellowship with each and every one of us. He's as far away as your breath is, the Bible tells us. Uh, he's not wanting us to just come to church. He says, I want you to be church. And to be church means I just want us, he just wants us to understand that uh, the song we sang, Jesus paid it all. Our sins, our sicknesses, and our diseases, he bore on himself. It said he took all of the world's sins and he was almost unrecognizable as a human being because he took it all. Nothing was left off of Jesus. Nothing, when they did 40 stripes on his body, nothing was left off. Every, every stripe, was a sin, was a sickness, was a disease, past, present, and future. And they didn't stop at 30 stripes. They didn't stop at 38 stripes. It was 39 plus one. And he took it all on himself and then closed us 
with righteousness. Hallelujah. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the word of God. If you're in the hearing of my voice right now and you don't feel like you're, you're clothed with righteousness, all you have to do is just ask the Lord to forgive you of our sins. And he said he cleanses us, refreshes us, and he gives us a new robe. Hallelujah. And everywhere we go, people say, they're part of the wedding. They went to the feast and they were clothed with the, the royal clothes. If that's you today, all you have to do is just say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I receive that robe of righteousness, Lord, that you have for everyone. I especially receive it for myself. And this morning I give you praise and I give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen.